This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we're going to be talking about reconnecting with your spiritual self. And my guest this week is Patricia White Buffalo, and she's going to be talking to us about reconnecting with your indigenous spiritual self. So um, that will be up right after the break. So there are times in our lives where we feel really spiritually connected, and there might be other times in our lives where we don't. And um, uh, the first thing, I think it's important to just take a look at what is it that, you know, has contributes to this in people's lives, their, you know, their spiritual connection or their lack thereof. Right. Um, you know, and so there's all sorts of changes that happen. We go through growth in every area of our life and our spiritual life is one area that we go through growth in. And sometimes what happens is someone had a religion that they were a part of and that was their spirituality. And then it ceased making sense to, at sense to them. Uh, one of the, the quotes that I like is from Alan Watts and he's talking about this, um, uh, other person. Oh no, actually he was talking about himself and he was saying that he was a graduate of, um, Catholicism. And I liked this, this way of looking at it. So really instead of it being that, um, this was something that needed to be, um, defaced or defamed or or in some way put down it was really just something that was uh it was outgrown by him and so sometimes people can outgrow their religion or um they can have an experience of um of not really the the beliefs not um gelling with them anymore not really working with them anymore and when that happens sometimes it's like the baby goes out with the bathwater and the spiritual um, experience or how that person has connected spiritually goes along with the religious practices and beliefs right um for other people it can be that it, it's really just so overwhelming Right. Like life can be so overwhelming and that there we, we are highly stimulated, most of us in our lives. And, and we're we're relating to so many different things. We're moving at a very high pace. We're making a lot of decisions. And um, when are we're kind of cluttered in that way? You know, a lot of the work that I do with people is actually about like, like removing the clutter from their lives so that they can feel connected to themselves and everything else. But, um, when we're overwhelmed with all of this stuff, it can be harder to feel this sense of, of spiritual connection. 
Um, and, and sometimes that can come from, like I was just saying, the clutter. And sometimes that can also come from needing to meet other needs, right? So if we're preoccupied with making a living, making sure that we have our basic needs met, for some people, this can be in conflict with them feeling more more spiritually connected. Um, you know, in, in another way, um, people can, um, they, some people are raised in an environment where there wasn't any spirituality. So this is something that is, is new to them. Um, they didn't have a sense of what that meant or what it could mean for them. And um, so there, there's a lack of understanding about the actual how-to. How do we connect with this this spiritual, this internal sense of, of spirituality? You know, and and for some people, they they have a moment where they decide, oh, you know, oh, I want this to be a part of of my life. And they are then become kind of like seekers and they start looking for ways to incorporate more um, spirituality into into their life period. And one of the things that I think is interesting here is that, um, you know, we, we have these ways and very typically – in almost every area of our life and in, in our development, we kind of, we will label something, you know, it's like sort of our, one of our ways of getting an understanding of it. And so with spirituality, a lot of times people have come to associate it with something specific, right? Like a, a magical feeling or they feel very peaceful or calm or they feel a certain type of um, connection. Um, you know, when uh, Maslow and May were talking about peak states, they they would talk about this sense of, um, you know, expandedness that people would feel, right? And I, I would like to just start this show by saying that um, I have a personal definition that I can get on the table because I, I believe that this is a very personal experience for people and um, we need to know what is right for us in our in our beliefs and our way of being in the world. And and for me, it's that there's a consciousness to all things. Right. So it's a knowledge. And by knowledge, I, I don't necessarily just mean a head knowledge. I, I mean a knowing um, that there's a consciousness to all things. And that, that knowing is what gives me my, like, in, informs me spiritually. So, why I think that that is important is because for me, that changes the person, like, the way that I relate to the world. And it very much informs the way that I'm going to be talking about um, spirituality in this this upcoming show. Okay, so w- people also get methods. They they wind up thinking of a like a method to tap in, right? So I'm kind of breaking this down to what separates us. What what have been the reasons that we might not feel spiritually connected, right? What are the what are the ways that um, people define spiritual connectedness, and what are the methods by which they think that 
they're spiritually connected, right? So uh, uh, one of the ways that we can connect in with our spirituality is through a specific state, like after, like how you feel after meditation or yoga or, you know, going to a sermon at church. It's just like these are a kind of like a state of, they're a method, they're a way of connecting to um, our spiritual experience, right? But I want to really emphasize that spirituality is not as much of a goal as it is a process. And, and this is important because what can happen is, is when we achieve the outcome, right, from, you know, meditating, that we want to achieve or that we associate with being spiritual, then we can think, oh, I have a spiritual connection, right? And then when we don't achieve that, that can be labeled, I don't have a spiritual connection. And that's what, I mean, it's, it's sort of an, an effective way of, of looking at things. But if we turn it around and we see spirituality as a constant, right? going back to the consciousness and all things, right? And and it's a constant and not so much a goal, but a process instead. Then we've kind of shifted it. It's almost like at that point in time, we can't be out of touch with our spirituality, right? It's a constant, it's a constant state. Um, we might be experiencing an aspect of it, one aspect of it or another aspect of it, but we always have some relationship to it. And that can be interesting play around with. It can actually open up a lot um, in our our perception of how things are going and what we what we want to do next. Um and when we see it as a process, when we see it as a constant, it becomes easier then to reconnect with it um, every day, right? Or, you know, I mean, it's interesting how words work in this because there's a lot of ways that words don't really um, work very well because if we're always connected to it, we don't really need to reconnect to it. However, the truth is that that is kind of like that's the language that we use. That kind of dualistic language is is um, pretty common. So I want to talk now. It's like now that we've gotten on the table, okay, here are some reasons why it might break down. Here are some things that how we might define it. Here are some methods that we might use to get there, right? And now I want to take a look at, oh, okay, well, what is it that we can do about it? What is it that we can start to shift so that we're having more of the type of experiences that we want to have in relationship to our spirituality? And the first one that I would say there is really realigning with it as a constant and a process. Um, I think that that's a very, a very helpful reframe. So what I'd like to say for the first option is, um, you know, let go of what doesn't work so that you can let in what does. And so this is really a reframing in your mind. And when when we separate from uh, like I was talking about before, when we separate from a religion, when uh, when we move away from a certain type of spiritual practice, 
um, it can be easy to kind of put down, like I said, put down our spirituality with that. And so it's like in our mind, we've made a connection that, you know, this, these beliefs, these spiritual beliefs and my spiritual spirituality went hand in hand and I can't have one without the other. Right. And so this is a reframing in our mind. And the reframing is that you actually don't need to throw one out with the other. You, you, you don't need to, if you put down certain beliefs, that doesn't necessarily need to impact your sense of spiritual connection. And there's a way that I like to, to look at this is that I believe that in all things, there's kind of like a spectrum. There's higher, kind of higher principles and lower principles, right? There's the higher mindedness of it and the lower mindedness of it. I think that exists in us and I think that that exists in our, our spiritual experience. And one of the ways to kind of help you know, build a pathway around this if it's something that you struggle with, you know, having, you know, left a, a religion that doesn't work for you anymore or given up on some spiritual beliefs um, is, is to um, look at it that way, that there are kind of base translations, maybe even some, you know, hateful, fearful or judgmental um, translations of of religions and of spirituality and there are ones that subscribe to the higher ideals of them and is it possible to be willing to acknowledge the um the more base or small-minded ways of looking at things would it be possible to acknowledge that um that they exist but really embrace the the higher minded ideals right it's kind of like what we do inside of ourselves you know we're able to say yeah it's true you know i've got these you know negative characteristics or beliefs or aspects of myself and um that's true and i can continually embrace and and um move towards the higher ideals that i have for myself as well the trick is acceptance there. It's a really, really important thing, the acceptance of the whole, um, because um, otherwise the the other stuff kind of goes into shadow a little bit, and that creates its own set of problems. Okay. So the suggestion here is to really be willing, and even if it kind of goes against the way that you are, you think or whatever, be willing to entertain the idea of choosing what works for you um, spiritually and choosing what works for you in a religion and learning, you know, learning from the rest of it, but using discernment. You know, and, and if you look at spiritual leaders over time, they actually used that kind of discernment. And sometimes they, that actually caused a revolution or a growth inside of their religion. So use discernment to really be able to have that, those, that belief system that speaks to you in some way. Have it, um, you know, take the pieces that serve 
you know, those higher ideals. So that's my suggestion really for kind of letting go of what doesn't work, like being willing to say, yeah, that part doesn't work, but this does work for me. And through that, decreasing the resistance, decreasing um, the block to accepting that or or being uh, uh, connected spiritually. You're, you're removing a block that can stop you from feeling connected spiritually that comes when, you know, we force it all out. I'll give an, an example for, you know, another example would be like, say you have a friend and your friend is, you know, wonderful, you know, wonderful friend and does right by you, you know, most of the time, like 99% of the time. And then your friend does something really stupid, right? Do you forget about the other 99% of the time? Um, or do you remember that 99% of the time this person really does right by you and that, you know, mistakes are made? I know. So it, it's, it's choosing, choosing to see the shortcomings, but also choosing to move in the direction of the higher minded ideals so that in that way, um, our, our spirituality becomes individualized and, and powerful and um, conscious. So that's a little bit about kind of letting go of what um, doesn't work so that you can get what does work. And overall, you know, learning what is it, you know, what is it that spiritual connection really means to us? And, and what is our, our history with it? You know, so all of these, just like in your, in aspects of your personal development, it informs you all of, of this stuff informs you. What's your history with, with spirituality? How has it grown in your life? What might be happening? Uh, what might have happened that's leading you to feeling blocked now? And then what are the methods that you've, Im- Im- um, applied that have worked for you? And then what are the outcomes that you might be fixated on that might actually sometimes support you, but then sometimes work against you? And by understanding that, you can then start to see w- how you might be able to adjust yourself in order to increase your spiritual connection. But that's it for now um, for this um, for this segment. Um, in a couple minutes, I'm going to be back with um, Patricia White Buffalo, and we are going to be talking more about reconnecting with your spiritual self, but specifically reconnecting with your um, uh, indigenous self. And I will tell you more about her um, when we come back after this break.
educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesiner.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. Are you ready to step into your greatest potential? Your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Siner's LifeWork Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The LifeWork Community is a place where true freedom is realized. Freedom from repression, struggle, and lack. A place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself. A place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises, grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesiner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And we've been talking about reconnecting with your spiritual self. And I am back here after the break with a Patricia White Buffalo. And Patricia combines her shamanic tradition and her deep connection with the earth with her professional training as a teacher, therapist, and any energy practitioner and musician to guide and heal others for personal transformation. She began with her traditional training at San Jose State University in psychology and then trained in hands-on healing and transpersonal psychology with the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. She's also a graduate of the Center of Intentional Living, a training in um, in early childhood development in the Core Energetics Institute, specializing in body psychotherapy. Um, in addition, as a member of uh, Siddha Yoga for 20 years, she shares her devotional practice of divine worship in the form of chanting um, in all of her work. Um, so this is a very um, impressive, woman, impressive woman I'm happy to have with me today, um, and she is the founder uh, and director of Walking the Shaman's Path, a shamanic training and personal transformation program. It's a unique and extensive three-year training program specializing in the u- utilization of her um, perceptive blend of shamanic hands-on healing techniques 
with the teachings of the Wheel of Awakening, her complete model for personal transformation and self-awakening. Currently, Patricia is writing a book on and sharing her personal journey and teachings based on the Wheel of the Awakenings. That sounds absolutely amazing. So uh, welcome, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. So can can you just say a little bit about what brought you to this work? Because I always love for, for people to kind of have a context of what makes you, you. Uh, it started for me, I, I grew up actually what they call now the Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. I grew up there. That's where I'm from. And um, sort of got lost there. And when the valley changed to electronics and got in the you know, electronics industry is not what I wanted to do. I was always interested in psychology and teaching. And I got lost. And in that loss, I, I went into a very uh, dark uh, depression. And uh, I left the valley and moved to the Monterey Bay, where I live now. And I refound myself in nature and my shamanic, uh, you know, uh, natural shamanic connection started to happen as soon as I got out of that valley that turned into an industrial uh, zoo and came back into nature in the Monterey Bay, which is alive with spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could hear spirit again. I I could hear the land speak to me, the animals, everything was speaking to me. And Mm -hmm. so that's really what it's, what started it for me. Mm -hmm. So um, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, listening to the land speak to you, um, and especially in terms of I've been talking about reconnecting with your spiritual self. And I think that that's such an important component of it. Um, so I think it would be nice to hear a little bit. Well, it it sort of just just happened for me. I think I'm part Native American, so it it sort of nat- was a natural thing. And then I realized it was something that I did when I was very young. But the, mm. as I grew older and my the same time, the valley that I lived in, the Santa Clara Valley, valley which is now called the Silicon Valley, changed. It was orchards and, you know, you could feel there was butterflies all over the right. place. It was, I was heaven, you know, and then it turned into an asphalt and cement industrial mm-hmm. um, city. So um, I couldn't hear the spirits anymore. Mm-hmm. And didn't understand why or didn't even understand what, what had happened until I went to Monterey. And then I would just go to the beach and I'd sit on the beach because and uh, I would hear the, the Monterey Bay speak to me. I right. thought at first there was something wrong with me. And I did go see a doctor, a psychologist, and they prescribed some medication. But mm-hmm. that soon made it worse. And, I, and then I, luckily I found a spiritual teacher to help me understand what was happening for me, that there yeah. was nothing wrong with me. And I, I believe, and I don't know if you do as well, but I believe that the, the world and, and nature speaks to people in different ways. Correct. Um, would you be willing to share like how, like what that experience is like for it to speak to you? Um. Well, if, for instance, I would, I would lay on the sand and I'd actually merge, feel like I was merging with the Mother Earth. I was sinking in her and she would speak to me and very lovingly and wrap her energy around me. I was actually getting healings from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I would often speak to uh, the waters, the, the rivers and the ocean 
and they would give me guidance. Uh, it would come sometimes poetically or sometimes just very plain, uh, simple words mm-hmm. uh, of ins- uh, you know inspiration and encouragement because I was very lost at the time when it first started and, mm-hmm. and very lonely and um, I hadn't started my healing, personal healing journey yet. So it was like in their contact, they were, they were healing me. They were, they were feeling some missing places in me. And you help people remember their spiritual self. And can you talk a little bit about how you do that? Yeah, when I taught at Barbara Brennan, it was um, because it wasn't a, sh- a shamanic, but I, if they were more connected to the uh, shamanic or earth spirituality, I would help them with that. But when when you were talking, it reminded me when I was there, I had to be so creative sometimes. And I wanted to share with you where I had this one guy who he couldn't connect to any spirituality. Here he was at the spiritual school mm-hmm. and wanted to be here so bad, but he he had no idea what was spiritual, no idea of what was light or connection. I don't know what mm-hmm. to do him there, but he knew he needed to be there. So I, I sat there and I thought, God, I have to help this guy. And finally I says, well, what do you do? Where do you live? And he told me he lived in California and he lived by the beach. And then he, he says, I'm a surfer. And I said, <laughs> oh. I says, well, what do you feel like when you surf? And he explained to me God. <laughs> yeah. God moments, you know, and mm-hmm. I said, that's it. <laughs> and he, yeah, he, he got it. And so when you were sharing and talking about this, to me, I try to find, and another time there was a guy who was a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. And, and what? He found God through skateboarding. Right. Now, one was a snow, he, he, uh, snowboard. So I always try to find where, that peak moment. Right. Yes, Maslow's. Yeah. I try to find that because in that peak moment, you met God. You may not know you did, or you may not call, you don't know what to call it, but I believe you met God or spirit or the universe or something larger than yourself. Right. Right. It's, uh, it's the words I would use is the, we meet the truth of ourself. You know, it's like the true deepest expression of ourself. And through that, it's, it's more, you know, it's like, it's, it's beyond what we could perceive of as the self. Correct. Yes. 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 So I look for that. I look for it to help students. Yeah, that's, that's okay. So when you're working with people like inside your program or something like that, what you're doing is you're really, you're looking for those, those moments where they have that kind of, um, understanding that they haven't labeled as that kind of understanding. And then you sort of give them a different framework so that they can then recognize, start to recognize some of the aspects of the spiritual experience. Yeah, correct. That's exactly because I haven't run across too many people that that don't have a moment, right? That I can't, you know, um, that I can't find in them, right? Right. I, mm-hmm. They have a. They just don't know, you know, what that is or what to call that or how to use that as a doorway. 
I mean, one of the things I know, one of the things that I think has been um, such a like kind of a disservice to humanity that we've we're, we're undoing slowly is all the focus, especially of psychology, on on negative states and raising people's awareness so much about all the nuances of all the negative states that are out there. And I mean, I, I think that that's super important work. I'm, you know, I know so much has come out of it, and we are still so new to this understanding of, you know, spiritual connection or, you know, even joy. <laughs> yes. And, and to just label joy, God or life, yes. a spirituality. I know there is a guru now that is, uh, his Shakti is laughter, you know, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, so I think, especially with the younger generation, if you can find, you know, the, these moments or these connections, uh, you know, you really can serve them because mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to, it's not a traditional, it's not a religion. It's not, and it's not even the words that, right. yeah, the traditional words that are often used, Jesus Christ, God, right. Yeah. All these words and they have no relationship to them. Right. And the, yeah, like those words are starting to feel really clunky. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they're almost they're almost guiding people off the point rather than onto it. Yeah, that's why uh, shamanism, I think, is so strongly coming back. Also, because the earth needs it, humanity needs it. It's earth spirituality. It's connecting to earth and seeing earth as alive in spirit. And God is here, heaven on earth. God is here in the earth and in mm-hmm. all uh, nature spirits and everything. And I I find that it's a really good way to help people form a spirituality it sort of doesn't have the dogma or the rejection that some people may have because of maybe their forced religion practice that was brought on to them as a young child right Right, right, right. I mean, and then you have things like, I mean, who can't, like, can't find, like, God in a dog or, you know what I mean? Or it's like, it's just such a natural response that we have of that, you know, expansiveness. Right. And our program, I, I do it in uh, California, one of my programs in the Redwoods, a center, the Quaker Center. And there's red groves of Redwoods all around the center in, a, in our um, lodge and they're shooting up into the sky and who couldn't find God there? And the light comes down, you know, and it, you know, it really feel that presence of, of light. There's a yeah. presence there. That's often I find a good word to use presence. And light. Yeah. yeah. Presence is good. So using that, using shamanism, using the earth spirits, which really awakened me back, you know, in the very beginning, and it's very natural because of my native background, uh, I use that to open the door of spirituality for these people to find their spiritual connection. It's really my passion. I'm very passionate about it. Want them to find their spiritual self, their spiritual connection. And, you know, there's something also really... um I think important and um, interesting about your work, which is that you are making a point of bringing like indigenous spirituality um, or earth-based religion really to everyone um, and, and showing everyone that they have a connection to that versus say a particular group of people. 
Yeah, I'm really uh, passionate about that. I mean, there's always, there's somewhat of, I think, a misunderstanding as I travel. I teach also in Europe a lot that people tend to believe that shamanism is Native American spirituality. Right. Yeah, Native Americans practice shamanism, but shamanism was the first spirituality ever practiced on this planet. Every continent, right. every continent right. practiced Earth-based spirituality. So exactly. my passion is I want to wake up your Earth-based spirituality. I want right. to, yeah, I want to be part of waking up humanity's Earth-based spirituality. And mm-hmm. so, you know... That's where I feel like we can, once we can wake up to that, and the ancestors are really trying also to connect us back to that place, mm-hmm. we wouldn't do harm to the planet, and we wouldn't do right. harm to us. Yeah, so that's the, break, that's the first thing I have to break through when I'm working with people and talking about shamanism. I, you know, I got to get them to get it. Hey, you got shamanic roots you you got shamanic blood inside you you know right you don't have to be brown skin you don't have to be indigenous it's in you it, and your ancestors are here to help you awaken it so right. and people are really excited when they get permission you know to beat their drum or make their sounds and not feel like oh i'm mimicking some other tradition yeah yep Right. Really, that's that's beautiful. That's such so important. Um, so uh, who who are the people, you know, what are the people like that you work with? Well, most of the because my program, it can't it goes very deep. I tend to get people who've got some done some work behind them. You know, I, I do get the Barbara Brennan graduates. I, I do get people who've done some some personal process, have worked at at their, you know, some of their stuff, but really want to go deeper, that really ready to let go because of past lives, ancestral, really, as you said, I think in one, in the beginning of the talk, really clean, clean house. They really want Mm -hmm. a clean house and go even deeper. And so I tend to get people with, with some experience so that we do go pretty deep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the people are more interested in personal transformation than actually being a practitioner, but Mm -hmm. both are available in my program. But most people are just passionate about waking to their true nature and letting go whatever the story is. You know, I call it our lifehood story. And whatever Mm -hmm. the story is, they want to let it go. The other type of person I tend to draw more to is my program is unique in that I work on, uh, since my background is psychology and early child development, I studied for six years with the Center of Intentional Living, and I'm very passionate about that young work, mm-hmm. that I get people who have some missing development and need that younger you know, work. We, we hold people. We, we help them with their terror of existence. We do some of that really young stuff to give them a nice, healthy foundation so that then they can really transform some of these, some of the stories and defense systems that they they're holding, because if you don't have a strong foundation, you're not going to let go of the defense. You're not right. going to let go of the story, okay? Because right. what is that? That's who you are. So that would probably be the other thing. I tend to get people who need that peace, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we provide that uh, in the program. Great. 
So we are actually coming up to the end of time. I can't believe it was so quick. But can you say a little bit about when and where your next program is going to be and then also um, how people would get more information? Yeah, my next program is actually going to start the end of the month in New Mexico. I'm going to start a new program. Uh, it starts in October at the end, 21st. But you can also join uh, the second class, which is in February. And that's New Mexico by Santa Fe. And then uh, then I won't start another new program, which is in California uh, until February of 2017. And a new program in France, 2017. And... Um, I'm sorry, what else did you ask me? So, um, right, if people want to know more about this. Yeah, just uh, you can either Google my name, Patricia White Buffalo, and it'll come up with my website, or my website is beheavenonearth.com, beheavenonearth.com. They can just Google Google that or my name, Patricia White Buffalo, and you'll get to my website and everything you want to know about the program or me or are on awesome. This. Awesome. So that's Patricia White Buffalo and um, her program, Walking the Shaman's Path. And that will be starting the end of October. It seems like you can start a little bit later if you need to um, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, uh, so I, I highly recommend that you check that out. And uh, Patricia, thanks so much for joining me today. Great. I enjoyed talking. All right. All right. We'll be back in just a couple minutes um, after the commercial break. change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot, but the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesigner.com. Are you ready to step into your greatest potential? Your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Siner's LifeWork Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The LifeWork Community is a place where true freedom is realized. Freedom from repression, struggle, and lack. A place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself. A place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises 
grow from rich transformational experiences and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesigner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And we have been talking about reconnecting to your spiritual self. And just before the break, I was talking with Patricia White Buffalo about how um, she helps people kind of reconnect with their spiritual self. And I really loved what she was saying about focusing on where where you get where you love being. Right. I say that a lot where you love being, where you feel connected to your core self, where you feel that sense of passion or, you know, something you love to do. She brought up surfing and skateboarding and, and it's these places that we don't know that if we look there or if we can redefine our experience, we, that is actually the spiritual experience. So I think that was a, a, a wonderful takeaway from, from that time. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the opposite, which is, um, you know, maybe you've got something to learn from being disconnected. So if you're feeling disconnected, one of the things um, that might be helpful is to actually learn something from that disconnection, right? So one of the things that we can do is we can jump to all sorts of conclusions about what you know, feeling spiritually disconnected actually means, right? One of the things that um, we can do is, um, you know, start to feel like we have lost something. And our, but I want to put forth the idea that our spiritual disconnections are just as meaningful as our spiritual connections. And very often, they are, they are an inter- when I said it's a process, they're an intrinsic part of the process. Just like, you know, being sad allows us to really know happy. Um, it, it's just being, di- feeling disconnected actually allows us to know what feeling connected is. And sometimes what it will bring up is all of those beliefs, uh, habits, that kind of stuff that is contributing to our not being able to move further on our spiritual path. Like Patricia White Buffalo was saying, basically, you know, she got more and more disconnected as her environment changed and that there were really profound things for her to learn overall about her spirituality from that disconnection. Hard lessons but important lessons. So they, these hard times often are going to teach us to be able to open more deeply 
right? So sometimes we get a little bit of like, say, we do that meditation, we feel really great afterwards, and then we go back and we do the meditation and we want to feel really great afterwards. And that that's just one, that's just like the little tip of the iceberg. If you meditate, then you get positive feelings from it. You know, you feel calmer, more at peace as you go about your day. You have more perspective. Those are, that's just the tip of the iceberg. When you recognize that actually, you know, being sinking into the process and, and raising your awareness through going through whatever spiritual practice you go through, that has rewards that are even greater. So, so that is some of the difference. And the other part is that when we, when what an oper- what the opportunity is here, when we've kind of become disconnected is to surrender, right? What we often want to do is understand. We want to fix. We want to even push away. You know, whatever it is, but you know, what we actually have a real opportunity to do is to surrender. And, and that is surrendering to our heart, to our love, to our not knowing, to our willingness to move towards higher ideals regardless of what the momentary experience is. And that's a whole other level of spiritual development. And sometimes we have to wait really long, a long time in the, in the quiet, you know, without actually hearing anything before we, we really, we open up to that new level of perception, right? And you see that if you start reading some spiritual texts, you see that written into them, that there's this time where, you know, there's doubt and the doubt becomes so pervasive and and overwhelming and that, you know, and then the person surrenders, and that's the surrendering of their own personal will about what they want to have happen or what they think is a spiritual experience. And instead, you know, it is moving into the truth of what that really is. Um, so instead of looking for change, we're looking for an outcome Take a look at what you're resisting. Okay, so take a look at what you're resisting and see if instead you can embrace it. So that's accepting the disconnect. Not because like, oh, yeah, okay, this is just fine, but it, that it's accepting it. It's welcoming it. That just like the, the sad times, the fearful times, the angry times, the absent times, all of them have value. Um, and by embracing them, we actually move into a different kind of way of being conscious. All right. In the couple minutes that I have, have left, 
Um, I'm going to just talk about a really quick one. You've probably heard me say something about this a lot, but stop, hit the pause button, right? So one of the things that stops us from being able to connect is simply keeping everything so busy all the time. And whether we're feeding our, just feeding our brain, we can be doing even really good things for ourselves, but periodically we need to stop. And you can go on a retreat, you can spend a weekend at home being quiet, or you can stop a chronic emotion and create space for something else. Or you can stop the chatter of your mind and allow for more, for you to be more, right? So it's like you can stop in time and space. You can stop emotionally. You can stop mentally. All of these different things are about creating more spaciousness, more room in what we were saying before, clearing things out so that, that you can actually have more access to that spiritual connection. So the more that you clear out, the more that you stop, the more that you take and pause, the, the effect is maybe not going to be noticed in that moment, but it over time will become noticeable. It, it, creating space in your life is a practice like so many other practices. We need to create space in our life in order to actually, you know, have our spiritual connection in order to reach maximum effectiveness to be successful, to be fulfilled. We actually need this spaciousness in order to make sure that that happens. Um, because it is in that space that we have that deeper connection which ultimately allows us to do everything better. And the main thought that I want to leave you with is just that what I said in the beginning, spirituality is a process and it doesn't come with dogma or it doesn't have to come with dogma. It really can be a process where you're willing to open up and explore and find your own way. And with guidance sometimes of someone helping you see where it is that you might be missing that joy, that love, that spiritual connection in your life. Okay, so be willing to explore and find your pathways. Be willing to let them be anywhere that are truthful for you. And so thank you so much for joining me this week on Real Answers. It's been wonderful to have you. I look forward to talking with you again next week. And um, if you'd like to find out more about me, you can go to katesiner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. And um, you can see and read more about me there. All right. Have a great week. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.